Let's get ready to study God's Word. Greetings to one and all. Welcome to another episode of Rightly Divide the Word of Truth. This is Andrew S. Baker, and today's devotional study is entitled, Well Able to Overcome. Please visit our podcast page, biblestudy.asbzone.com, where you can find links to our previous devotionals and Bible studies, and much more, including over a dozen ways to access our podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Our verses for today will be Numbers 13.30 and Philippians 2, verse 13. But before we get into them, let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for this time that we have together. We pray, Lord, that it will be profitable. Give us wisdom and understanding that we will rightly divide your words of truth. In Jesus' name, amen. As always, we will be reading from the King James Version of the Bible. Numbers 13.30 And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Our title is Well Able to Overcome. Now, there is a second verse, and I'm going to introduce it this way. There are very few passages in the Bible that encompass the whole gospel. Usually the gospel is summed up in a number of passages because the gospel is is complex. It's deep. It's rich. So passages like, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, they sum up the gospel. There are other passages of a similar fashion But especially in John chapter 3, you can find one or two verses back to back that tell you a great deal about what God is attempting, trying to do. I want to say attempting. What God is trying to accomplish in the lives of each and every person and for the planet as a whole. But occasionally we come to verses that tell us part of the story. And if we're we're not cognizant of what the entire Bible teaches— we can take a specific passage found somewhere and come to conclusions that are, at best, an incomplete picture of the scripture. So let's look at why we are well able to overcome. In Numbers chapter 13, it records the history of the spies going into the land of Canaan when the people were on the brink of Canaan, um, which later we find out in Deuteronomy that the people came and said to Moses, hey, let's get some people to go and see what the land is. So even when you learn more about this story, you realize that they should have trusted God. I mean, their whole lives were waiting for this promise that had been made to Abraham to be fulfilled. And when they get next to it, they decide, let's have some people go in there and see what things are like. That's an awkward place. And the Lord allowed them to do it. The Lord allowed them to do it. It is to his mercy that he doesn't get upset 
about things in advance. But nonetheless, the people went up and they sent these spies and the spies spent 40 days in the land, six weeks going up and down and throughout the land and come and they came back. Now, one of the things I've always wondered is, did they talk about what report they were going to give beforehand? You get the impression that they didn't just because of how things play out. Nonetheless, let's start at verse 25 of Numbers 13. And they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told them and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. So pause. The Lord had told them, I'm sending you to a land that flows with milk and honey. So here they are coming back and confirming the words of the Lord. Nevertheless, they say in verse 28, Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. 29. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. Now, verse 30 says, and Caleb stilled the people. So what's not said here, what's not said is that the people were excited. These guys came back after six weeks. The people are excited and they, and they've heard this report, right? They've heard this report. Verse 27 is one good thing. Verse 27 says, we came to the land that you sent us. Surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. 28 says, Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. 29. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. So you can imagine that the people are a little bit jittery right now, and they're a little bit distraught right now. And they're wondering, why did we get this place if it has these people in it? But Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. That's an awesome passage. And if left there, you can come to an interesting conclusion. But we're going to go to Philippians 2.13 right now. And Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his own good pleasure. Caleb says what he says in the first piece, but Caleb is not denying the existence of God. For proof of that, let's turn over briefly to Numbers 14. And in Numbers 14, when the people are, are annoyed and distraught, as 14 verse 1 says, and all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. Okay, so there's a whole lot of grief and, and stuff going on there. And let's look at, let's jump down to verse 6. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephani, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes, and they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, 
the land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. So here, in chapter 14, in the space of four verses, we see the expansion of the faith that Caleb and Joshua had. Caleb wasn't saying, we are well able to overcome it of our own strength. He was saying, in the power of God, we are able to overcome it. This whole mission is of God. This whole mission is of God. We're out here because of God. So we are well able to overcome it. This, this conflict, this um, trial, this obstacle is nothing to us. We are well able to overcome it. Because it is God that works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. We have to be willing when we run into circumstances that threaten to derail us. We have to be willing, we need discernment because we need to know when an obstacle is God saying, no, not this way. Or when it is the enemy saying, nope, you don't need to be going this path. This is not what, why don't you choose that easy path over there? We need discernment. We need spiritual eyesight to know when those two things are happening. Okay? Because persisting where God is, when God is not in it, is not a good thing. There's nothing commendable about that. And counting ourselves out when God has not counted us out, there's nothing commendable in that. Okay? The one is presumption. The other is unbelief. Both are dangerous. We do not want to presume. We do not want a faith that is fake. Right? Presumption is counterfeit faith. It's faith in something that has no bearing in the word of God. And the other situation is unbelief. These spies went up and they came to a conclusion that was not supported. It was not supported. They said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. How would they know that? They didn't fight with the people. We have a podcast on true wisdom where we go over Genesis 14. And there's something really interesting in Genesis 14 that we don't always catch. In Genesis 14, it's the story where Abram, because he's still Abram at that point, he has not yet become Abraham. He's Abram, and he rescues his nephew Lot, because the king of Sodom, they, they get into a conflict and they lose, and all of, and they're all captured, all the people are captured from Sodom and Gomorrah and these other places. Okay. The reason that happened is because all of those countries, all of those countries had been under the leadership of Kedoleomar of Elam, king of Elam. For 12 years they were under his leadership, and then they rebelled in the 13th year, didn't pay him his tribute, and in the 14th year he came. And on the way to coming, if you look at Genesis 14, it's really powerful, 
on the way there, he fights with a slew of people. And in verse 5 of chapter 14, it says, And in the fourteenth year came Kedileomar and the kings that were with him, and smote the Rephaims in Ashtaroth, Karnaim, and the Zuzims in Ham, and the Emims in Shava, Kiriathim, and the Horites in their Mount Seir, unto Elperon, which is by the wilderness. Those are all giants. Those were different, um, those were different nationalities of giants. And you see that when you go through some of the other, um, when you go through the book of Joshua and a few other places, they talk about these folks, the Zuzims and these people were called the so-and-so at this time. But these are all different giants, just like the Nephthalim. Okay. So these kings come who had had domination over this area and they fought and, and beat all of these giants. And then they defeated the kings of Sodom, Gomorrah and that group. And Abram with his partners and the army of his household went after them and defeated the kings that had defeated the giants. Okay? So this is all in the history of the Israelites. This is all in their history. There's no reason for them not to know this. Why it was that the spies felt that they were not able? Why it was that they looked at the circumstances and concluded that they could not overcome? That these people were stronger than them? Why it is they looked at the situation and saw only failure and weakness? It was just unbelief. The Lord had already told them that this is what he was going to give them. The Lord had already showed himself powerful to them. They had spent two years in the wilderness by this point. They had gotten the, the priesthood. They had been given the law. They had, you know, a number of of rules and regulations and so forth had been put into practice. The Lord was was attempting to re- to remove the reproach of Egypt from them. There was all of this that was going on. And when they should have been ready to accept the many, to accept the promise that had long been made to them, that had long been made to them and their fathers, instead they said, we cannot, we are not able to go up against this people for they are stronger than we. Verse 32, And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it were men of great stature. If the land eats up the people, isn't that going to make your job easier? Doesn't that mean that you will be accompanied by better advantage and greater power? And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, so we were in their sight. Did they stop and ask, hey, um, guys, we're planning on coming in a few weeks to take this place over. You know, how do you feel about us? Did they take surveys and polls? No. Instead of moving forward by faith in the first place, instead of moving forward by faith in the first place, They wanted to check out the land. 
and to do just like the people around them would do. Let's let's spy this out and see. Lloyd said, okay. Then they went there and they saw that the land matched all of the benefits that God had said. But, they said, we're not able to overcome it. And only Caleb and Joshua, verse 30, and Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. We are able to overcome things in the strength of God, especially, it's one thing if we wanted to do it and we've been praying for it, especially when God has already promised it to us. When God tells us, this is the promise I'm making to you, we need to be able to move forward on, in faith to accept those promises. We need to say, by God's grace, I am well able to overcome this. We have to be careful that we don't basically say to God, listen, yeah, you said it was a land flowing with milk and honey, and I see that, but you failed to mention anything about giants, and I don't know how you're going to deal with that. They had destroyed the entire nation of the military might of the Egyptians, and here they were, having survived for two years at this point in the wilderness, without dying, their needs met, ready to go into the land of promise. And instead of saying, we are well able to overcome it, they believed the people that said, we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. As we go through another week, let us trust to God's promises, to God's leading, to God's directing, that the things that he has promised us, that he has told us, that he has counseled us the way that he has directed us, that the things that we have prayed for in his will, that he finally appears to open a door for, right? Because when the Lord opens a door for you to get something, it is not without giants. When the Lord has promised you for years that there is a promised land that is for you, he doesn't say that it's a promised land that's free of any obstacle or any difficulty. But when the time comes that he says, okay, you've been praying and I've heard your prayer and I'm come to deliver unto you this promised land, this situation, this benefit, this deliverance, let us not say we were in our own sight as grasshoppers and so we were in their sight. But instead, let us say, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your blessings and your mercy. We thank you for your deliverance. We thank you for your answers to prayers. Many times you make us wait so that we have uh, that earnestness and that desire for what it is that we are asking for. Please help us not to back away from your promises, to back away from the things that we have so urgently requested because we look or we think that we look like grasshoppers. Instead, let us remember that we can go up at once and take it because if you delight in us, surely you will give us the ability to overcome whatever the obstacles are. Bless us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thanks again for listening to this podcast. Please feel free to contact us via email at BibleQuestions at ASBZone.com. Whether you have questions, comments, or concerns, we look forward to hearing from you. If you are finding this channel to be a blessing, please take the time to share our page with others and always keep our ministry in your prayers. Until we meet again next time, may God richly bless you as you prayerfully study His Word.